Hello and welcome to the Ethics in Modern Science podcast. My name is Lucienne Chabonet. I'm Anna Mastolo. I'm Catherine Clark. And I'm Ilya Coe. Before we get into our topic today, it's important to look at the word global social justice, which is the idea in which we strive to improve humans' access to basic goods like clean water, basic education, and healthcare. However, those who are most vulnerable to exploitation are not often those who need something, but those who more, who more have something that others desperately want, which is where we bring our topic of organ trafficking and the black market in. So those who are vulnerable to exploitation are those victims who, who get their organs taken out of them to be placed into another human's body. But first, we need to look at what is organ trafficking specifically. So our topic is organ trafficking and the black market organ trade, and that falls into the category of trafficking. And so trafficking is defined as the act of transporting or recruiting people, usually via forceful or deceptive methods, in order to exploit them for some sort of resource or gain. 20.9 million people are trafficked worldwide. And the Global Financial Integrity estimates that 10% of all organ transplants are done via trafficked organs, which approximate, which generates approximately $840 million to $1.7 billion annually. So now I'll talk about traffic, um, organ trafficking in general, and the information I'm using is provided by the book, The Cause and Consequence of Human Trafficking, Human Rights Violations, by Jacqueline Meshimalima and Raven Lynch. Um, there are no reliable estimates of how many people are organ trafficked a year. Um, and so organ trafficking is the act of buying or stealing organs through exploitation. Most organ trafficking victims are impoverished individuals who are promised money or some other sort of gain in order to get their organs. And so brokers are people are the people who make the false promises to communities, they basically are the ones who are trying to coerce them to get their organs from them. And they tell people that their organs will grow back and they'll promise them tons of money. And most of the time, they end up not giving them as much money as they said. And when people sell their organs, they will usually end up in a worse financial situation than before due to the multitude of health issues that come with donating their organs. And so there is a difference between trafficking organs and trafficking persons for the purpose of organ removal. Um, Trafficking organs is the buying and selling of organs, while trafficking persons is trafficking people to other places to get their organs. And sometimes entire hospitals may be involved in the trafficking of organs. So a lot of organ trafficking is done within the black market for organs. And a general definition of what a black market is, is an underground economy or a shadow economy with aspects of illegal transactions. And this came about due to the long wait lists for organ transplants. Yep, and according to organ trafficking, the unseen form of human trafficking, it says that Canada has a wait time for a kidney of around four to seven years, while the U.S. is about 3.6 years, and then the United Kingdom being for about two to three years, which in general, all of them show that there is a low supply but a high demand of these organs because people are people are in need of organs, so then when they can't get them one way, they start going to the black market and getting them that way. So another effect of these long wait times for organs is that people leave their own home country to go to a different country to buy an organ or receive an organ. Um, 
that is unavailable in their country. So this is called transplant tourism. And the treatment is often received in countries that are in poverty, so second and third world countries, and it could be due to a shortage of necessary organs in their home country, or it um, could be because the operation is illegal in their own home country. So the purchase of the organ and operation could be paid off in means other than money, such as labor, favors, or other black market goods. And it is believed that about 10% of organ transplants are due to transplant tourism. But it's also hard to tell if this number is accurate because um, since it is technically illegal, people don't like to report that they have gone overseas for this type of operation. So once the person returns to their home country, it is sometimes easy to recognize that they have received treatment elsewhere because their medical records will not reflect that they have had the surgery, but suddenly they have a new organ. Um, but it is often impossible to tell if the surgery was done in a legal or ethical way. It's hard to distinguish between actual payment, delayed payment, or payment through an illegal way. And it's right. also hard to track where the organ came from. Mm -hmm. So transplant tourism is not defined in international law. Um, but even though the purchase of organs outside of a national donor service is illegal, the laws do not apply to crimes committed in other countries. So you technically cannot be prosecuted um, if you go overseas to have one of these operations done, even if the organ could have been received through illegal means. So the question is, how is the organ available in this other country and it is not available in the person's home country? And how did they gain access to this organ or this uh, operation if it's not legal in the home country? Right, and I think that's a very interesting question. And you know, we can really point we can really look at the first world nations who are taking advantage of the third world countries because, you know, they identify pe people who are identified as prospective donors are vulnerable based on their low social status, their ethnicity, their age, or their incarceration. And so where do people have a lot of low social status like amongst like the population in third world countries? So then they go there. For example, in 2007 in India, over 150,000 medical tourists took advantage themselves to the lower prices for, for example, a heart valve where it would usually cost $200,000, but in India it was $10,000. So that seems like a good trade, right? But there are actually a lot of loopholes in effect that gravely influence the donor more than the recipient. You see, this is because few donor because there are very few donors that have, especially in third world countries, that have access to medical care. And so they're, so after they get that transplant, they're not able to work as much anymore they're not able to work like they used to do and you know since in since in this example we're talking about india there are a lot of farmers that's how india gets a lot of its resources and that's heavy manual labor so after they get their organs donated they cannot do that labor anymore and then you know one thing that was very that i that I thought was very surprising and that was very interesting was the payment and how that is divided because you know it's divided among the organ broker the harvesting or surgeon and the transplant hospital and you know some received nothing in fact there was one manila transplant surgeon that remarked that a large bag of rice should suffice since quote-unquote since those donors quote-unquote are the ones playing the good the part of the good samaritan so talking more a little bit about the black market there are tons of scams that go along in the black market such as well-documented cases of people being coerced into selling their kidneys by their family members as well as there are many end purchasers of the black market who have received kidneys that are diseased or that weren't suitable for them and have suffered because they put these organs in their bodies. 
An example of how the black market works is an example from Pakistan, where there are about 100 illegal kidney transplants each month, each that sell for around $50,000 to $60,000 per kidney. And those who give their organs only receive a small amount of money because roles in the kidney market are pretty fixed, where Britons pay an enormous amount of sums of money and the local will sell for cheap, and then the middlemen will acquire most of the money. And majority of the people who are giving up these their kidneys in these transactions are results of trafficking. So of course, many countries are trying to prevent um, the black market organ trade because of all the bad things it does to people who are impoverished. And so right. several countries like the United States, Canada, the Czech Republic, and Israel have taken action against many countries' organ trafficking. There are 26 pieces of legislation in the United States that regulate organ transplants and donations. And the buying and selling of organs is illegal in most countries, but there are few laws that restrict an individual from leaving one's country to obtain an organ from someone else abroad. One example of legislation signed by many countries is the Declara Declaration of Istanbul, which was signed by 78 countries. And it was the first legal framework outlining ethical organ transplant, transplant practices However, it is not legally binding for the countries who signed it, so there's no um, punishment for any countries that go against the guidelines. And then the European Convention on Human Rights and Biomedicine released guidelines on how to ethically obtain organs from consenting donors. And this one was legally binding for the European countries who signed it, so they are forced to follow the guidelines there. And then the Council of Europe adopted a Convention Against Trafficking in Human Organs in 2014. And then this information is from the source Trafficking in Human Beings for the Purpose of Organ Removal by Alexis Arnowitz and Elif Itzman. Um, quote unquote, organ and, organ and tissue trafficking shall be prohibited and the countries who sign the Convention Declaration will provide appropriate judicial protection to prevent or put a stop to the lawful infringement of the rights and principles set forth in the convention. A lack of adequate and specific legislation is an issue, especially since it's hard to prevent organ trafficking when guidelines can be broken. Yep, exactly. And then I just want to go back to what Catherine said about the money being split and all that. So it's very important to realize that there is a great power distance between the donor and the potential recipient, and that the victims of organ trafficking usually end up with a very low amount of money, if any. And in all, in a lot of cases, many victims end up in worse states than they were before. And so the brokers charge tens of thousands of dollars and give the donors a mere few hundred dollars, which isn't enough, you know, especially in a third world country. Like you need more, and especially if you just got an organ taken out, you need to have a lot, you need to recover a lot. And, you know, there was even a quote that said, whether the black market donor is paid $2,000 or $20,000, he or she is being used as means to an end rather than being respected as an individual human being. So the black market is currently illegal, and there is a debate going on whether if it should be legalized or not. The advantages are said to outweigh the disadvantages. And so the people who are pro-legalization believe that legalizing a market in human kidneys would protect people who participated as, in, as vendors and end purchasers. So an example would be if you received a defective kidney, you would have a legal redress against those who you purchased it from. They also believe the abuses of the market are only because of the illegal status of the market. 
and I think that if legalized, it would greatly reduce and eliminate these abuses. And a response to this are the people who are anti-legalization because they believe there'll be a lot of disadvantages, such as the number of people being abused will increase, and disenfranchised people are much more subject to being coercion by others, and that these people wouldn't be able to pursue legal means to protect their interests. The anti-legalization people also believe that if you legalize a market in human kidneys, this would encourage the dominators of the disenfranchised people to coerce them into selling their kidneys even more. And so the main argument and disagreement between these two groups are if it would increase or decrease abuses and coercion in the black market. So whether you're on the pro-legalization or the anti-legalization side of this argument, uh, the question still stands that is the amount of people saved by legalizing the black market enough to justify the inevitable increased amount of people who are trafficked and coerced into selling their organs? And if more restrictive legislature was made, how would you punish the person who received the new organ? They already have the organ, so what can you really do? Yep, those are two really good questions, Ilya. And you know, it's so interesting to see how, like, this pro- this project came about after we had finished reading Frankenstein, and how similar to an extent what happened what happened to the creature and like organ trafficking kind of are because you know the creature was made of of all these body parts, so it's like interesting to know like whether that would be well still we don't know a lot about the science that went behind created a creature like whether he has a heart and all that but you know from what we can see from what we can infer he had a lot of limbs now are the would that be considered part of traffic of organ traffic well probably wouldn't be organ trafficking since they aren't organs but would that be some sort of trafficking like what do you guys think well he was dug up from like essentially a graveyard all of the different body parts that he had Um, so I don't think that that's the most ethical or really legal way to go about, uh, limb or organ transplants. Um, so I think in the future, if anything happens where we are doing more organ transplants, we might have the power to do that, that, yeah. And then just like with everything, with all types of like organ donations, like those were like at the beginning those were like legalized and all that but then it started becoming a habit of like i said before a low a low supply but a high demand so like it's really scary to think about what if something like that would happen in the future in regards to our limbs yeah i think as long as we go about it in an ethical way of um both like retrieving the organs and the limbs um in the future I think it should be okay, but uh, we need some more rules about how to go about it. Yeah, agreed. I mean, the book was written in 1818, which was probably about 100 years before some of the first organ transplants, so it's interesting to see how um, Victory even managed to put those parts on the monster. Yeah, it's very scary. And I thought it was quite interesting when you brought up, like, limbs as well as the organ market, because if people, like, if this were to happen in present day, would people, like, donate limbs as they donate organs? Mm-hmm. Like, would they convince people to sell their limbs and organs? I think it would be quite interesting. Yeah, and then there's the question of, you know, would it be more apparent? Because, like, with an organ, like, no one, like, some people, like, do not give consent to donating their organs, so they just fall asleep under, from 
like anesthesia and then they wake up and they don't have an organ and they have no way to prove that especially they're in a third world country since they don't have access to you know those type of that type of equipment so then with limbs like yes it would be very obvious but now would there be more laws put in place or would or will we just keep on exploiting those who have something that people will desperately want but i think that about wraps up our podcast and our discussion about organ trafficking and the black market unless you guys have anything else to say yeah i think we're about done it wraps up our topic awesome so once again i'm lucien chabonet i'm anna maslow i'm katherine clark and i'm Elia co thank you for listening